welcome back to the HR Grapevine podcast, the podcast series that takes an in-depth look at one of the most fascinating, important or divisive HR topics that is making the headlines. I'm Sophie Parrott, online editor at HR Grapevine, and each week I'll be joined by a different HR journalist as we explore the contemporary practice and most pressing debates in HR within a short podcast. Join me as we properly pick apart what it means to work in the people function. Today, I'm joined again by Dan Cave, Head of Content at Executive Grapevine Digital Media. So welcome back to the podcast, Dan, and I'm really glad to have you on the podcast to talk about such an important topic today. It's a pleasure to be back, so so thank you for inviting me. And yes, I'm looking forward to kind of unpicking the long-term impact of the uh, topic that we're going to discuss a little bit in depth this week. So in this week's episode of the podcast, um, we're going to be talking about the impact of George Floyd's devastating death on the world of business and HR and kind of uncovering what it sparked at the time and if any momentum and appetite for change has continued in the last year particularly. So to kind of kickstart this analysis, we thought it would make sense to take a look at the response from businesses at the time to Floyd's death and the Black Lives Matter movement. So earlier this week on Tuesday, the 25th of May 2021, it marked one year since the sad killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis. And at the time of his death, protests around the world from those who were calling for justice for Floyd also highlighted racial inequality in both wider society as well as the world of business. And in light of these protests, many organisations were keen to look at their own approach to inequality within their organisation in numerous different forms, whether this was kind of using platforms to amplify the voices of black colleagues, virtual conversations or hosting dialogues with teams to kind of gauge a sense of how staff were feeling and how things could be improved. Also, at the time, many other businesses took to social media to participate in the Blackout Tuesday campaign. And while the participation by employers in the campaign was positively received by some, others did criticise the move and say that it didn't go far enough. So I guess the next question to unpick in, in this podcast is why was this done in the first place? It's a good question, so so why did businesses around the globe suddenly decide that it was at this moment the killing of George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter protests that erupted after that, that they would decide to respond to pressure to either support better racial equality or look at serious changes to how racial equality was in practice in their firm? There are, of course, as ever, going to be lots of reasons for this. So I thought in this podcast it made sense to look at the specific business reasons for for that. But before we get into that, I think it's really important to state and be upfront about this is the reason that companies were keen to do a variety of things after the death of George Floyd and the uh, BLM protests last summer is because racism and racial inequality is inarguably alive and well around the globe, but also in the UK today and needs changing and that last summer was a bit of a catalyst for that just to give you a sense of the state of play of racial equality in the in the uk before i get into some of those reasons that businesses were keen to look at changing in some ways i got some data from the equality and human rights commission who found i'm just going to reel off kind of like a holistic approach to racial equality in the uk at the moment that black people with degrees earn almost a quarter less than white people throughout their career 
that's horrible. In England, almost four in ten black people feel unsafe in their home or local areas. Black adults are more likely to live in substandard conditions than white people. So there's a whole variety of things, not just at work, which shows that racial inequality is something that needs changing. However, if we do come back to the world of business and look why businesses were suddenly keen to make a lot of noise about how they either supported better racial equality or going to change internally as a result of the Black Lives Matter protests, basically. There's a few reasons for this, and I'll try and go through them quite quickly. One is the result of external pressure and branding. There's a good example here of a company that this has a definite impact on. So Microsoft, on the surface of it, went for change uh, last summer after Black Lives Matter protests, giving its platform to some black voices, blacking out social media feeds, and looking at changing the way some of the ways it operated. Before that, employees actually wrote a letter to leadership asking for change and to support Black Lives Matter. So Microsoft did do some things, but they've come in for some criticism as well. And this is where I think the branding piece and how companies were keen, whether cynically or deeply ingrained in their, their culture, wanted to align themselves with getting better at racial equality because actually it's good for branding. So one instance of this same company, Microsoft, is some emails were leaked that showed an exchange between an artist and the company regards doing a mural for Black Lives Matter. It was actually seen in the email that Microsoft responded to this artist saying, after a certain moment, the mural would no longer be relevant, i.e. they saw this as just a moment to align themselves to and actually didn't want to do long-term change. This kind of tack, and this is not criticism aimed at Microsoft specifically, but aimed at companies who just saw it as a moment to brand themselves or jump on the trend, got lots and lots of criticism. Business Insider wrote, supporters of the movement argue, the movement being Black Lives Matter, that companies are only voicing support for protesters because it's trendy, not because they are doing any substantial work to combat systemic racism. Fox as well said, a social media post appears meaningless, is there no commitment to change? Uh, again, reinforcing this idea that it might just be for branding. In fact, loads of big name companies, Adidas, Amazon, Nike, came under fire for basically a questionable commitment to bettering racial diversity and inclusion and want to change. Basically, it's only doing it as a branding exercise, similar to maybe some firms that align themselves to pride, but with no change in structures or systems for people who might come from certain demographics. Why else were companies changing? I've hinted about this already in the, in the first reason, but employee pressure, not just external pressure. The Microsoft story is interesting here because it shows the role of employees in pushing their leadership and their executive to get better around specific examples of social responsibility and here, racial inequality. What employees want is important as well. I think loads of savvy HR practitioners and business leaders will be aware of this. It's not just these two demographics. It's around the whole workforce, but Gen Z and millennials increasingly want to work for brands that align with their beliefs, be it sustainability or anti-racist movements. So there's pressure from our own workforce to get better there. Obviously, the flip side of that is if companies are able to do the work in getting better at racial equality or, you know, being more green or whatever it is that they, their employees want. They get better engagement. They're likely to be able to retain this talent for longer. All the typical HR stuff that we know comes off the back of that. A third reason as to why companies were keen to either align themselves or do some actual work off the back of Black Lives Matter is there are clear benefits for being more diverse and inclusive. Less cynical than, say, the first reason I gave. A lot of firms use this moment as a positive to properly reflect on their own structures and look at how diverse and racially inclusive they were. Not forgetting the moral argument, but also looking at 
actually, if we do these things, if we get better diversity, if we get better inclusion, we'll have more engaged employees, we'll likely have better business outcomes as a result. I think it's also key to remember that this reflection is only possible, and I do think this is a reason in its own right, is there is more data on the makeup of workforces now. You can see where your shortfall in, say, racial inequality is, and you can look to improve in properly non-tokenistic ways because there's data there showing, say, uh, how racially diverse you are at every level of the hierarchy, not just hiring racially diverse grads, but also have different ethnicities, different races at every level of the company. There are even tools out there that nowadays that you can do pool surveys to see uh, sentiment analysis and look at how properly how inclusive your practices are. And the fifth point, and I think this does dovetail a lot with last summer and last summer also catalyzed this, so it's a bit symbiotic, is an understanding of what the nature of companies should be is changing. Corporate activism is on the on the rise. As I've said before, employees increasingly expect businesses to make a stand and stand for something outside of profit. We see this wide range from the increasing number of B Corp firms to organisations properly aligning themselves with specific courses. I think it all boils down to capitalism, the world of business, whatever kind of term you want to use is changing and Black Lives Matter is one of the things that has catalyzed this and it, and is a reflection on that as, as well. So what I've sensed there, given everybody is a sense of what was changing last year and why businesses were either doing some proper work or were keen to align themselves quite cynically with the Black Lives Matter George Floyd moment last summer. Has anything changed in the long term, Soph? I think that's definitely an interesting question. And I think particularly one year on from Floyd's death there's definitely been a lot of conversation about whether this devastating event has really changed anything in business or I guess employers responses in the long term with regards to making the workplace more equal Um, and before the podcast I spoke to Abdul Wahab who is an inclusion and diversity advisor at the CIPD who said that all evidence kind of suggests that there's still a long way to go when it comes to improving employment and progression at work for ethnic minority groups And before the podcast, he told me, for example, the pre-pandemic employment rate for most ethnic minorities was lower than the white British average. There is also a significant pay gap between white British people and most ethnic minority groups. So I guess based on the stats that um, Abdul just referred to, it really does indicate that there is more work to be done to improve equality in the workplace. So I guess then the follow-on question is, how can HR tackle this? Um, and also before the podcast this week, I spoke to Peter Henry, who is the Transformation Project Manager at Advanced, and who also founded the Black Lives Matter community at Advanced to gain some kind of more insights on this. And he said to me, inclusion needs to be addressed from the top. And the more people from diverse backgrounds that are seen to be actively involved in decision making, the more encouragement it gives to others further down in the business to strive to break down the barriers of yesterday. Allowing people the space to evaluate their position in any business and then giving them the confidence that barriers won't be put in their way is key to naturally allowing a business to readdress the lack of diversity throughout its organisation. Clear talent development principles, which give all the opportunity to develop and progress their careers, is essential. So I think the insights there from Peter really do illustrate the importance of kind of tackling inclusion from the top, which is definitely food for thought for employers in HR. Also, when it comes to thinking about driving lasting change, 
Dan, I believe you spoke to Raj Tolsiani, who's the CEO and co-founder of Green Park, which is an executive search and interim consultancy firm for a piece last year. And within that, he was essentially saying that he believes employers and HR have to become more purposeful and less reactive in order to drive lasting change in the area of organisational equality, as well as kind of analysing their own ability to leverage this moment for better diversity inclusion. So some really interesting points raised by Raj and the other experts in that section of the podcast. Of course, with this week marking the anniversary of Floyd's death, I think it's kind of good to take a look at what companies are doing now specifically. I know throughout this week, several employers have kind of taken to social media to share best practice strategies and also how they are tackling this inequality in the workplace. Um, Dan, I'm just going to hand over to you because I think you've got some examples that you can share with us. Yeah, what I thought was really interesting about what you've just said as to has anything changed in the long term is that, as, as Wahab from CIBD said, there's still a long way to go. But then taken with Henry's comments, there is at least a better understanding of what needs to change. As to whether there is change is, is still up to base. And I think when I started looking at maybe what specific companies are doing, RE, getting better at racial equality in the long term, I think this is shone into sharp relief, basically. There's still a mixed bag out there. So first of all, I wanted to kind of give a general sense of what companies are doing. And I think um, after listening to a podcast, kind of in the midst of last summer, so just after George Floyd's death and when companies were seriously starting to consider the impact of Black Lives Matter on their own practices, Getting Naden on the Circle podcast managed to get some time with John, John Amici. And what John said was that there's two things that companies that are doing this right are looking at. And one is looking at changing individual behavior and the other one is changing organizational behavior, which is an incredibly complex thing to do. But I'll give an example to kind of break that down. So this is disconnected from Black Lives Matter and George Floyd's death, but it's to do with inclusion and diversity in general. So after speaking with AstraZeneca recently, I know they set up their meetings, this individual behavior piece, to make sure that everybody gets a voice at this meeting. But what that does is align with the organizational behavior change, which is a focus on structural inclusion, making sure all the right people have voices and the right channels are aligned when it comes to delivering for business goals. So it's that kind of in tandem thinking that businesses needs needs to be doing. And there are examples of this littered across the business world. So Forbes did some reporting on this, and they reckon there has been some pos positive and negative patterns since the Black Lives Matter moment. They reckon, as a result, there are more business resource groups, those things which allow – it can kind of be for anything. It can be an interest group within your employee uh, workforce, but it could also be giving black employees a space where they can speak to each other and share, you know, challenges and, and things that they're going through together. They reckon that there's more openness about taboo topics as well, i.e. speaking of the difficulties that you might have as a black employee. I know Jig Ramji at London Stock Exchange was doing some work around this and is outspoken on this topic. Also as well, businesses are still making probably more statements about the work they want to do, about how much support they do for the black community or racial equality in general. LinkedIn is a good place to find these things. I was I was scrolling through LinkedIn um, earlier this week to you know prepare for this podcast and found that Walmart were making statements, Mind were making statements, Barclays. There's, a, there's an open letter from the CEO on LinkedIn that looks at you know 
It lays out basically Barclays' plan for better racial equality, so their race work action plan, better recruitment or racially diverse recruitment plans, the hiring of a chief diversity officer, showing they take it seriously at leadership level, and new guides and frameworks are working with lip service paid to as well, that they understand the road is long and this is, this is a journey that many firms will be going on. However, kind of combining what you just answered so has anything changed in my area that I was looking at, which is what a company's doing, it's really difficult to know. And that's because, like, all companies can put out, oh, I'm doing this about racial diversity or I support, you know, better racial equality. Lots of companies last year were saying, oh, we're going to donate X amount to here or we're going to start changing our practices here. We don't know if this has actually gone through unless, you know, whistleblowers come out and say that it hasn't because there's not enough data on this and forced reporting on this. And we won't know until companies are, say, forced by independent audit to reveal their data around this. Worryingly as well, the pandemic has hit many companies hard. And although maybe companies were making statements of support and pledges, I know about, you know, hiring from black communities or getting better at recruitment and being more diverse there. There's some US stats which show that last year, you know, after the peak of the pandemic, economic peak of the pandemic, companies had 20% fewer black employees on average, despite making all these kind of like statements around supporting Black Lives Matter, etc. One reason for this could be because there's no accountability at the moment. There were so many pledges made last year in the wake of George Floyd's death and subsequent summer of protests around hiring, philanthropy, supply diversity, black founder funding, however. But no one's forcing these companies to say, OK, show us what you've done. Like, tell us where the money went. Tell us how many people from black communities that you hired, which is worrying. I'd suggest one way around this and, you know, gender pay gap reporting, although put on hold again, worrying last year during the pandemic, forces you to look at and share with the outside world. And this is really important because it makes you accountable to potential future talent, to investors, to consumers around how much diversity you have at, say, graduate or entry level all the way to the boardroom. If you've got a racial pay gap, that could that could be one thing that could be done. Uh, or looking at where you're spending money on charitable causes or, in, you know, independent organisations that maybe support diverse groups. So, yes, I would suggest it's really difficult to say what companies are doing in general. Yes, there are instances. Yes, there is, of course, still going to be social media noise around support from most firms, akin to what we see at Pride as well. But whether that follows through with actions and whether we'll ever know net, whether, say, UK firms are on average getting better at hiring from black communities, are more inclusive, etc., etc. It's really difficult to tell at the moment. However, I thought it would be a good place to finish with a quote, and this is more a call to arms for HR to look at what they are doing right now, a year on from that moment is. And this is from Barry Williams, who works as a DNI consultant in tech in America. And her quote's really powerful, so I'm just going to read it out, which is, you can't say that you support and appreciate black employees who are hardly having any, not promoting the ones that you have, and then making statements for good PR, i.e. all the noise that was made on social media. Black people and their causes aren't mascots to be used for promotion and potential business. So I found that to be a really, really powerful quote because it says you actually have to do the work and hold yourselves accountable, even if nobody else is. 
No, I agree. I think that was definitely a very thought-provoking quote to finish on. But unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today. HR Grapevine wouldn't exist without your continued readership and engagement with our content. Whether that's our daily newsletters, monthly magazines, webinars, live events, or market-leading research papers. So to find out more, just sign up to our daily content newsletter, which showcases solutions and best practice answers to all of your HR issues. Please visit hrgrapevine.com. 